0: Welcome to Storehouse Dallas. All right, um... So, uh, this morning, oh, by the way, if anybody wants to know what I think about anything that's going on in the earth right now, um, I'm going to be talking about that this week on social media, but this morning we need to do some business, and we're moving some things forward. You know, I um, the Lord's been talking to me about a lot of stuff, and I've been having some crazy dreams, so I wanted to share those with you, but I'm not going to do it from this place. I am going to do it online, so if you don't follow me, please, um, you can follow me on all of the different social media platforms. Um, Okay, this morning I'm going to be talking to you about Comenius School for Creative Leadership. All right, so this is very near and dear to my heart. Um, The Lord told me years ago, uh, almost 10 years ago, that I would be starting this particular school. Um, in Dallas. And um, and it is time. We have come for such a time as this, and it's time for this thing to get launched. Um, I have written a business plan for it, as you can see. I, I actually developed it like an art book because um, it is a school um, where children can uh, be educated in a heavenly environment. And I think God is the most magnificent artist and creator, and so um, I thought it, just honoring him, it took me um, probably a year to develop this, but like I said, it, is, um, it was a labor of love, because there's nothing more important than our children, and I have lots of them, and I can tell you that they tell me that every day. <laughs> um, So you may be asking yourself about this Comedia School of Creative Leadership. Well, right now, we started it already this past fall, and so we started it with a um, pre-K. So we have uh, children from three to five. We have one classroom, um, but the Lord said it's time to really launch it. And um, there's a man named David White who said this. Um, We are the only species on earth capable of preventing our own flowering. Now, I want you to think about that for a minute. We're the only species on earth that can prevent our own advancement, our own blossoming, our own blooming. And since I have five children, I mean, seven children, I can lose count. I don't know. Since I have so many children, I can tell you I'm actually an expert on schools. And I can tell you that um, I've I've gone through all of them. Uh, John and I used to live in the Park Cities, so we thought this would be great. You know, we're going to get a better school system. That's the reason why we decided to land in the Park Cities, and um, uh, that wasn't really true. So we sent them to public school. We've sent them to private school. We've sent them to Christian school. We've sent them to um, um, a a private and a Christian, no, a private and a public kind of combination. We've also sent them to the classical schools where they're learning Latin. That was fun. Because guess who ends up doing the Latin? Okay. Okay. It's just torture for parents, all right? I'm just gonna say it the way it is. Um, And it's so funny because none of them ever used that Latin. Anyway, some of you may be like, but it's the root of all words human language. Yeah, I know. I know. I get it. But again, follow me along the journey that I've been on. And so then with my last child, my seventh child, finally, when he was about in the second, third grade, um, he was a huge dreamer, um, very prophetic child. And when I sent him to public school, um, he lost that. He lost his dreaming. He lost his hunger for worship. And um, they'll go ahead and take that right out of you, okay? And um, I found that every night while putting him to bed, he would be crying because he didn't want to go to school the next day, which was pretty much the case with most of our children. School is something they have to do. It's not something they really long to do or want to do. But yet, they're there eight hours a day. Now, think about that for you. If you're in a job that you hate eight hours a day and then you have to come home and you have to continue working when you're supposed to be resting or, in, you know, enjoying your family, but yet you have another four hours of homework to do, then, um, you know, the, the way that we've set our children up is so that they don't truly flourish. But it's a system that's available to us. And I can't tell you how many schools that we registered our children to be a part of because we wanted our kids to be in the best right? We are like, money's no object. We want our kids to, to have the best, to be the best, to experience the best. Well, what we ended up doing is putting them in situations where they were trying to overeducate them, saying, oh, we are actually, you know, all of our kids are, you know, one to two level, grade levels ahead of all the other kids, which just meant that my children are going to be crying more than they were in the public schools. So, raising children is a three-legged stool. So, I'm standing before you as someone who is a grandmother and I've learned all of these lessons. Raising children is a three-legged stool. You've got your family, you've got your church, and you have your school. These are the influencers in our children's lives. These are what create solid children. What happens is when you have a family that has a certain doctrine and theology and for everyone here and everyone listening online, that is a kingdom um, lifestyle, not a Christian lifestyle, but a kingdom lifestyle. On earth as it is in heaven. Access heaven to transform the earth. The sons of the kingdom are those that follow the leadership of the king. Okay, and so we understand that, and and so we're flowing in the prophetic and signs and wonders and the gifts. Right, and the, and God is producing within us the fruit. And so we've got the fruit of the spirit. We've got the the, the gifts of the spirit. It's a beautiful thing. And then and then we want our children. Of course, to go to a church that's similar so they can get also, they can hear the same kind of information. So what do we do? We find a charismatic, you know, a full gospel church where they can also help our children. And then um, we send them to public school. Or we send them to a Christian school. And just because somebody has a Bible class in a Christian school does not mean that your children are going to be taught Jesus. They may memorize information, but they are not going to be following the Spirit. And I can tell you, again, I have this experience where they were like, no, 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 we don't do that here. We don't pray in tongues. We don't heal the sick. We don't prophesy. And so all of a sudden, our children are going, wait, but this is true, but this isn't true. Is it true or is it not true? So we're creating double mindedness in our children. So, I had a, when I was first, the Lord was first talking to me about doing this, I kept it in my heart for many years because I didn't know a lot about John Amos Comenius. I just knew what he told me start this Comenius school. And I'm like, okay. Um, the original. Pilot School is located in Fort Mill and a part of Morningstar Ministries. Do you all know Morningstar, Rick Joyner? Okay. They started this school over 20 years ago, and um, I'll get into how successful it is in a minute. Um, It truly is the only school that I have found in the world so far that looks like heaven on earth. So... Uh, one of the leaders at International House of Prayer had a dream. She didn't know me, but she had a dream about me. And so she reached, uh, she reached me through social media and sent me a message. And she said, I had a dream about you. You don't know me. I don't know you. But in the dream, I saw the Lord come up to you, and he gave you. He reached in his pocket, and he gave you gold coins. And he said, this is for buying the children out of slavery. And I knew that it was about this school. Because it's time for our children to quit crying about where we send them every day. And it's time for our children to start prospering. And I believe that for such a time as this, God is seeding this into this city in order to bless the families of Dallas, Texas. And my hope is that as this takes off, we will see these uh, schools pop up in every city in America. So... Yeah, amen. There was a 13-year-old, no, 11-year-old, excuse me, that was on a TED Talk, and um, just a just an incredible young man. And um, and so he's telling a story, and he said, you know, it's really interesting because as a kid, everybody always asked you the same question. What do you want to be when you grow up? And he said, you know, and they're expecting these answers, all of these adults, like, oh, I want to be a doctor, I want to be a lawyer. And he said, but the truth is, from a kid's perspective, I want to be happy. And if we really think about it as parents, that is the really only honest answer because that's what we want for our children. We want them to be successful. We want them to be joyful. We want them to have love. We want them to have the fullness of what God has for them, that they would discover who they are in Christ and run their race well. Right? And so I was so blown away by the wisdom of this young man because I felt like he tapped into something that that these schools Uh, the Comenius School of Creative Leadership is going to be doing. Because our heart is that whatever mountain that your kid is called to, whatever they're called to do, whether it's business, government, family, um, the arts, media, whatever it is, entertainment, that they would run as Christ men and women in that place and bring the kingdom of heaven to those mountains. Amen? God is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is also the author of all creativity, of all wisdom, and of all knowledge. Hold on, I have a clicker. Hold on. Dun, 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 dun. So this is John Amos Comenius, all right? He is known as the of modern education. Handsome fellow that he is. <laughs> All right, hold on. I'm going to read to you something from the book that I wrote about him because he's really uh, quite phenomenal. John Amos Comenius could be included on a short list of those who have had the most impact on the modern world. He is recognized as the modern the education and the teacher of the nations. He is considered by many to be the greatest genius to ever work in that field. His contribution to the science of learning can be traced as a primary cause for the greatest increase of knowledge that has been the hallmark of the past few centuries. What is not always remembered about him is that his great impact on the march of civilization was a result of his relentless passion to know the Son of God and to create an environment for children not just to know about God, but to know God for themselves, which is the very heart of all knowledge. All right, so here's some of the things that he did. He, um, first of all, he took uh, teaching out of Latin and put it in the language of all of the different children. He taught that everything in nature revealed Christ, and that true science would always lead to a greater knowledge of the Creator. He believed that learning facilitated, was facilitated by using all of our senses, employing, uh, seeing, touching, handling, and smelling, rather than just hearing. Because at the time um, that he did this, it was in the 1600s, okay? The time that he developed this, he had um, harsh taskmasters who had a ruler and would actually beat the children if they weren't doing their rigorous studies in Latin. He developed books that had pictures for children. Think about that. There wasn't, that was not available, okay? He believed that both girls and boys should receive an education. He believed that, that the poor as well as the rich should receive an education. Just incredible groundbreaking things at the time. Today we take these things for granted. He taught that education was not just an acquisition of facts and knowledge, but also the development of wisdom. So there was so much that he introduced, okay, that we now take for granted. He also, the Lord downloaded to him, he was part of uh, the Moravian prayer movement, okay. So one of the things that that the Lord downloaded to him is that children should only go to school four days a week. And that their minds will only absorb information and knowledge for the first four hours of every day. After they have lunch, it's just babysitting after that. Okay? He believed and he taught that the primary influence in a child's life should be his family and that they should, he should learn the culture, the Christian culture from his family, and they should be involved in duties around the house in order to start building practical skills for life. Can I get an amen? I'm telling you, get them doing the dishes. And if they're too small, get them a stool. <laughs> Sam does my dishes, right, babe? By the way, he's going to be a great husband, ladies. He does his own laundry. He knows how to separate the whites from the darks. All right. I'll pay for that later. (laughs) A, uh, A good man brings out of his good treasure what is good. So our mission is to help students discover and find the good treasure that is within them. How to develop it and learn how to share it for the glory of God in the earth. So I make no apologies what my goal is for this school. I make no apologies that I want to see the sons and daughters of Dallas, Texas, come to an understanding about who they are in Christ. And the thing about raising up leaders is once leaders know who they are and what they're called to do, you don't have to drag them through the education process. But they run to it because they realize that they were called for greatness. And I, and, and, you know, we are called to make quiver, uh, arrows, right? We have arrows in our quivers. Well, we've kind of filed off the top of that arrow in so many ways, but I wanna sharpen it. And I want these arrows that we have to be quivers that are sent out into the earth and do damage to the enemy's camp. And they understand how to carry the glory of God. And they can, and because, you know, I, I mean, quite frankly, um, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but we have no idea what the world is going to look like for our children, right? So we have to prepare them for the things of the unknown. All right, so a little bit about Fort Mill. Um, I'm actually really good friends with the principal of Fort Mill. Um, Her name is Sandy Woods, and um, I've been up there, uh, gosh, I think like, uh, four times, and I've taken teachers and leaders up there so we can, um, we can study them and see how they do what they do. I actually interviewed a lot of the children that you'll see in these photos. Um, and, um, I, and the question that I had: what is it about Comenius that you like and what is it about Comenius that you don't like? And I had them on film, okay? So as, I'm, as they're answering the questions, not one child, and I interviewed a lot of them, said that there was anything about Comenius that they didn't like. And the one thing, the primary response that I got is, I love coming to school here. I love, I can't wait for school to start. And I said, why? And they said, because I love my teachers and I love all of my friends. You see, the truth is, is that when you know who you're created to be, you don't have to compare yourselves to other people. So you get rid of a lot of the bullying and the jealousy. You get rid of a lot of the competition. And what you do is you find an environment where everybody's rooting for one another, trying to help everybody to get to where they're going. And it's the same for the teachers. And all of those kids, they have a prophecy class okay so they learn how to prophesy it's one of the classes that they do there and it's phenomenal we went in it and they were these little kids are laying hands on us and they are prophesying accurately to me You know, and they're so tall. And it's just phenomenal. But not just us, but they prophesy to one another. And whenever any of the kids run into a problem, either with their grades or or, are struggling with a a class, the teachers get together and they intercede for them. Come on. And they ask God, what's the problem? And guess what? the king of all knowledge and wisdom breaks in and says, I got the solution. And so we're teaching them and training them how to operate in the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. All right, so I want to read you what Sandy wrote, which, by the way, I was just with her at Sid Ross. She's just a phenomenal woman. Um, In addition to our unusual schedule, which is four days a week, by the way, they have no homework. And when I say no homework, I mean no homework. They have a no homework policy, and they're going to school for four days a week. And I'm going to read this to you, how they're outperforming their peers in a three-state area. Okay? In addition to our unusual schedule and intentional ventures into nature... Our school is known for its academic achievement. Our high school students consistently perform better on national standardized tests than their peers in other schools. The average SAT score for a CSCL student graduating in June 2013 was 1766. The national average was 1498. In the last three years, a CSCL student was re- received a National Merit Scholarship. Now this was back in 2013, and I can tell you that she told me that they're continuing to graduate these national merit fel- these these kids are going to school less time, and they have no homework. See what happens when we put our children in the presence of God and an environment of heaven? They will prosper and outperform everybody else. Our graduates have not only been awarded scholarships for academics, but also film, photography, sports, and community service. Our excellence in academics is formed around the belief that our students have more to learn than just information. We provide a place where students can grow in wisdom and learn to hear the voice of God while they hear the voice of their teachers, building them in a strong foundation that will give them the knowledge they need to lead and succeed in the natural world as well as the power they need to move in the supernatural. Now, who doesn't want to go to that school? I can tell you I hated school, okay? In fact, my parents thought there was something wrong with me. They had me tested. They were like, you know, she's just not doing well. Because I was put in a, in a system that didn't know how to teach me for how I was created by God. Okay? So, um, by the way, after they tested me, they were like, that's so weird. She has a high IQ, but yet she <laughs> They are outperforming their peers because the Holy Spirit unlocks the potential of how God made them and what he made them to do. So, teaching. Now, when I went up there, here was the thing that I, um, I my question, we went to this symposium. Now, there were, there were principals from all over the world. Okay, so I'm there with people from Germany. I'm there with the principal of Bethel, their, their school. I'm there with the, the Daniel School from International House of Prayer because they're all coming to the school going, what are you doing? because there's something unique here that we need to to glean from. So I'm there with all of these academics, okay? And I'm thinking, wow, this is crazy. And so, of course, I asked what I thought was a good question, which, you know, I'm learning to possibly let somebody else talk. Eventually, I'll get that. So I'm like, so what's your curriculum? So the faculty begins to laugh at me, and I thought, I I thought that was a good question. (laughs) And she said, it's not the curriculum. Everybody has to learn the same amount of information, but it's the culture. She said, we, we, all of our kids, you know, they have, to, they have to adhere to the standards that the state sets. So they all get the same amount of information, but it's how we teach them, the culture that we develop them in teaching is not just about the curriculum but it's about the the culture and and how we're teaching them and again here they're going to they're going to be a part of the prayer room they're going to be in the atmosphere of the holy spirit and it all has a greenhouse effect when you put a child in the in an environment of the presence of the lord all of a sudden their mind begins to flourish sir ken robinson and albert einstein about the importance of creativity through imagination over intelligence. Sir Ken Robinson said this Imagination is the source of every human achievement. We want our. Have a high IQ, but we also want them to have a high EQ, emotional quotient. And what most of the Fortune 500 companies are finding today is that because we have so overeducated our children and we've kept them so busy, they actually forgot how to dream. Therefore, there's no innovators. There's no innovators. There's no dreamers. There's nobody to develop the ideas that are going to take us into the next century. And so they actually, Google is one of the top companies that have done this. They have start, they've started <clears throat> primarily hiring people that do not have a college degree, but yet they're successful anyway. They are looking for the dreamers and the entrepreneurs and the people that can really generate activity and success without the academia. Now, I'm not against academia, I'm for academia, as you can see. I want smart kids, but I want them to be emotionally smart as well. Because if they are emotionally smart, then what happens is that no matter what the world throws at them, they are able to navigate it with great success. All right, so your children, well, I'm going to go back to this one. Your children who are starting school this year will be retiring in the year 2083. 2083. Okay, there is no way to predict what the world will look like for them. But what's happened is that we have a system of educating them. That is an industrial system where we take everybody and we put them into the mold and the model. That is an industrial type uh, situation. and, And we expect to get students, creators who are ready for what's coming tomorrow. We educate them for yesterday's realities without preparing them for the unknown. And I'm telling you, a school like Comenius can set our children up for those realities, the realities of the unknown. And I don't know if you've been paying attention to what's going on in the world right now, but it would be a good idea, and I believe it's mandatory for us to step up and start to develop a kingdom environment and a kingdom school. So let's do this. Let's not educate them for an industrial age when we're no longer in that age. So Sir Ken Robinson said this, the American school model was developed by college professors to produce college professors. Sorry, Matthew. (laughs) All children are born, they're born with the capacity for creativity. I mean, I don't know if you've ever sat down with a child before, but you're just like, what are we doing? Okay, let's do that. Wow. And it goes on for hours. We don't grow children into creativity. They're born that way. We actually grow them out of it. The administration of drugs for ADHD has grown 700% in the last several years. 700%. This is insanity. And I can tell you that there's a better way. America is actually number 17. We spend the most money on education. Number one, we're number one. But yet we're number 17 ranked. Russia is ahead of us. So we're throwing a lot of money at an old system. And doing the same thing we've always done and expecting different results. What's the meaning of that? I don't know. Insanity. So I want to tell you a great story about a, a, a woman named, or a young girl named Jillian Lynn. OK, so her, uh, she uh, was born in like the 1930s. And at the time, there wasn't like ADHD that, was, you know, nobody knew what that was. So she is sitting in her classroom and she can't hold still, so the principal calls her mother into his office and said, "There's something mentally wrong with your daughter, because she just she can't learn because she can't hold still." And so her mother takes her daughter Jillian to a uh, to a psychologist or psychiatrist and sits her down, and and you know Jillian is sitting on her hands and moving around and and um and. So the mother tells the doctor about what the, what the um, faculty member said or the principal said. And, um, and so uh, the doctor said to the mother, come with me for a minute. Jillian, you stay here. And so on his way out of his office, he turns the radio on, and he goes on the other side of a double-glassed mirror. And he said, I want you to watch something. Jillian gets up, and she begins to dance around the room. And he said, there's nothing wrong with your daughter. It's just that your daughter is a dancer. And so he said, I suggest that you put her in dance lessons. So let me tell you about this woman that they thought was mentally handicapped. She went on to be the choreographer of Cats and Phantom of the Opera she died a multi-millionaire and world-renowned dancer and choreographer. Now, had she been kept in a system that was not developed... To, to look at who God created her to be and they tried to put her in the mold of the industrial aged system where you sit in that chair and I'm going to talk to you and I'm going to talk to you and then I'm going to talk to you some more. For eight hours a day, what would have happened is that dream would have died and the world would have been without this beautiful, innovative, creative woman. And so I, so the point that I'm trying to make here is that there's actually a better way to do it. I want you to look at the human brain because the truth is in school, what we do is we really um, focus on the left side of the brain because it's something that we can test. It's something that we can measure. And so we focus on the left side of the brain in schools, but I, but I want to tell you something, that it is the right side of the brain that actually causes the left side of the brain to fully flourish. And if we can awaken the creativity and the innovation and we can actually bring the arts back into the school and really begin to highlight those things, if we can take children into nature and begin to teach them in in the place that God created instead of a, a stale environment that man created, I will tell you that the right side of the brain begins to spark and come alive, and then the left side of the brain begins to fully manifest itself. All right. Good. You agree with me? All right. So I want to show you something called modes of functioning. All right, we encounter Jesus, I want you to look at this. Something begins to happen. Something begins to awaken in our minds and in our brains. It's actually physically, you can measure it. Now they have pictures of the brain, and they can actually see that when we start worshiping, when we start praying in tongues, our frontal lobe actually begins to fire, okay? So by encountering Jesus, not just a, a, a Bible class, but actually encountering the presence of the living God, minds begin to come alive. That's when their thinking and their feeling begins to spark, okay? They begin to resonate with this, and then that that morphs into action, which is them going out and transforming the earth. So you see the way this, you can just follow the errors, encounter love, transform the emotions and the mind, and then, Live in the freedom of this life, okay? Prosper. What did Fox what say? Live long and prosper. I don't want our children to memorize information and to be taught towards a test. Oh, we have this test. Memorize all this information so you can do good on this test. I want our children to learn how to love, to learn, and to learn wisdom. If we can teach them how to learn, then we, then th- their life is made. What do I say to all of the women that I know? If, if you're going to marry a man, make sure that he has a teachable heart. And that goes for each one of us. As long as our hearts are teachable, as long as we continue to grow and want to grow in knowledge, the knowledge of the kingdom of God, I'm telling you that there is something explosive that, that the world has for us, and we can live to our fullness. But I want to tell you this one thing. One of the things that that that's important for Comenius is that we take our children outdoors. And what they found is that the more time we spend in creation, the better our children do. Why? Because it's the place that God made. How many of you go on vacations, either to the beach or you go to the mountains, and all of a sudden you've tapped into something and your brain gets clear? Because what you're doing is you're coming into the closest thing that is is made like you, all right? The rhythms, the sounds, the frequencies of air and water and, and all of it, it, be, it does something to our spirits, and our spirits connect to it. But when we come back into the city, those things begin to get dull. Can I get an Amen. Same with our children. So, Sir Sir Ken Robinson said this, we have to go from what is essentially the industrial model of education, a manufacturing model, which is based on linearity and conformity and batching students, and we have to move to a model that is based more on the principles of agriculture. We have to recognize that human flourishing is not a mechanical process. It is an organic process. And you cannot predict the outcome of human development. All you can do like a farmer is create the conditions in which our children will begin to flourish. So I want to show you this video. This was actually made for us by a student at Comenius. Again, these people are, these kids are so incredibly created and gifted. He's 16 years old. And he made this video for us because he knew that we are starting our school. And so I want you to see it. Um, Can you guys go ahead and play that? We're going to dim the lights for a minute, and then we're done. we actually had an opportunity to work with this young man. And um, again, the level of maturity of these students is phenomenal. It's not like, you know how you go into some of the schools? Lindsay knows this. You work at a high school. You go, uh, Dora, the the language, it feels like is is remedial, and they are using so many uh, words that aren't adult words. So the level of maturity in their speech is just not there um but at Comenius what I noticed is that these these teenagers are so incredibly mature in the way that they it's like talking to an adult but again they they're used to working so closely with their teachers that they've developed this level of maturity in their in their language are we ready okay um One of the things, and the reason that I'm presenting this to all of us is, first of all, I wanted to get this all recorded because we want this to go out into the city. But the second reason is I really want you, storehouse, to get a heart for this. And I want you to understand our heart and what it is that we really want to do. Um, Again, this is not a Christian school. This is not a private school. This is a kingdom school. And there's not another one of these in this city. Okay? The things that I have in my heart to see for these kids is I really genuinely, I want to set our kids free. I want them to come out of slavery and into this kind of freedom. Um, And so really what I'm looking for is I need families to really catch this vision. And I'm looking for families, um, once they catch this vision, I would love for their children to come to Comenius, but also I want to invite um, any of you who have felt, even if you ha- don't have children or even if you're grandparents, and you feel like this is something that, that caused your heart to leap, um, we're really looking to put together um, an advisory council. Um, so that we can come together and and begin to kind of develop this at this stage. And then over the next month or so, we're really going to go hard and launch this. And so um, I, I welcome your ideas. I welcome your counsel um, to move this to the next level. And so if that's you, um, Aaron is going to be out in the lobby Um, afterwards. And he's just going to be answering some more questions. Um, He's going to have our book with you, uh, with him. And so you are welcome to go through that. Um, And, and just sign up if you want to be on this council, because we need a lot of help. And we, I am looking for people who um, can help set this place ablaze. And I'm telling you, it has been prophesied over and over that God is going to break out in our kids. And when, uh, 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 Morning Star, when they had their revival like 10 years ago, the whole place exploded. Well, guess where it exploded at? It was in this school. You didn't know that, but it was in this school in one of the classrooms. Fire fell, and these kids are all over the floor, and the presence of God, people were going crazy. And that's what I want to see. I want not just to educate these kids, but I want revival. Come on. Anything. Anybody? Lloyd Buehler. All right, well, let's just go ahead and um, we're. Uh, I'm going to post this on our website, the Comenius website, so you can go on and look at it. It's really a phenomenal video. Um, so let's just stand, shall we? I just love all of you so much, and I really appreciate um, who you are, how you're made. And that you, we've all come together for such a time as this. And I think the Lord's got some great things in store for Storehouse and for Comenius. I want to encourage you about this book. Please register to get it. You know, I said to you that I'm going to train you this year. Okay, the book called The Blessed Life. I'm training you this year. That means it's an all play. Nobody gets out of this. Again, I am looking for warriors I'm looking for the army of God, and so we're all going to read it. I'm reading it, and so we're all going to read it, and so everybody gets the book, and we all learn how to live in the kingdom because I need you prosperous. I don't need you chasing the money train. I need you giving money away. Amen? So, Father, I thank you for your kingdom, that you have given us your kingdom, that we have access to heaven, and that because of Jesus, we love you, Jesus, because of what you did. You gave us a place and a home that we love so dearly and a place where we don't have to be afraid, a place where we run and we aren't going to slow down. And we just declare that today over ourselves. I am not slowing down. I am soaring. I am going beyond the conditions of the earth. And I thank you, God, for a great and mighty harvest that you are bringing to this city and to this house. In Jesus' name, amen.